In an essay titled Fluttering to the Flame, Moths in Art, Literature, and Poetry, moth biologist Pritha Day asks, what do you imagine moths to be? Fuzzy, delusional insects fluttering toward a flame to die? Beautiful, nocturnal winged insects. The insect on the lips of actress Jodie Foster in the Hollywood movie poster of The Silence of the Lambs? Or just misinterpreted kin of butterflies? Since time immemorial, artists and thinkers have considered moths curious creatures flitting in the dark, searching for light. This odd behavior has captured the human imagination. Countless references are found across different cultures. Many artists, poets, and thinkers have been inspired by moths and celebrated by them in their work. Moths have been depicted in African hunter-gatherer rock art at Elan Cave in KwaZulu-Natal, South Africa, and Raiders Gorge. Though moths evolved before butterflies, the latter gets the limelight and the positive pop culture reputation of being symbols of happiness, good luck, love, and everything nice. They are day-flying, often have vivid colors, and are visible around flowers. Compared to butterflies, moths are typically nocturnal, stout-bodied, and not brightly colored. In pursuit of your porch light, moths are more likely than butterflies to fly into your face while you are enjoying a summer night relaxing with friends. As they undergo metamorphosis, winged adult moths emerge from caterpillars and are seen as a symbol of transformation, like butterflies, which also links them to the idea of death and rebirth. There are numerous Western urban legends and myths associated with moths, like in the title of the movie, The Mothman Prophecies, 2002. Appearances aside, moths have an immense ecological role in a terrestrial ecosystem. They are important pollinators, especially for night-blooming flowers. Adults and caterpillars are crucial as food, not only for many birds and bats, but also for humans in some parts of the world. Recently, scientists have found that the greater wax moth larvae can digest plastic, which is a possible solution to one of the most significant of environmental perils. In some Asian countries, one of the most expensive teas used for medicinal purposes is made from the frass or droppings of moths. The Great Peacock Moth by Vincent van Gogh is part of a series of paintings made between 1889 and 1890 displayed at the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. The painter was inspired by the idea of metamorphosis that he believed symbolized people's capacity for transformation. In 1889, Van Gogh wrote to his brother, Yesterday I drew a very large, rather rare night moth, its coloration astonishingly distinguished, black, gray, white, shaded, and with glints of carmine, or vaguely tending towards olive green. It's very big. To paint it, I would have had to kill it, and that would have been a shame, since the animal was so beautiful. Van Gogh did paint the moth using his sketch as a reference, calling it a death's head moth and adding a skull-like mark on the thorax. His identification was wrong, though. It was actually the giant peacock moth, one of the largest moth species in Europe with no skull markings. One of the most unheralded naturalists, 
Maria Marian, a 17th century botanist and illustrator, was the first to document insect metamorphosis in art. Her moth and butterfly classifications are still used in taxonomy. Her fascination for studying insect life cycles started at the age of 13 when she first reared a silk moth. In an era in which men completely dominated science, Marianne challenged the prevalent ideas of insect life cycles. She went on expeditions to places as far as Suriname to study insects and create detailed art, like her image Custard Apple with Sphinx Moth. Not only the diversity in patterns of moths, or insects in general, but their behaviors, for example, nocturnality, metamorphosis, peak human interest, few insect behaviors have evoked as much passion and inspired literary minds as the spontaneity, fragility, and transience of a moth flying towards a flame. There are many theories about why moths fly towards light, and though researchers have tried to understand this behavior, we don't have a definitive answer yet. The most common explanation is that moths orient themselves to distant celestial light sources and maintain a constant angle relative to that source of light. Artificial light sources on Earth disorient them and cause confusion, which makes moths fly towards the light. Intrigue surrounding a moth getting attracted to the fire that will burn it has many translations and depictions. Shakespeare, for instance, in Merchant of Venice. Thus hath the candle singed the moth. Oh, these deliberate fools, when they do choose, they have their wisdom by their wit to choose. Being the most successful and diverse organisms that live on land, says Dr. Day, the importance of insects has been stressed in recent events of insect Armageddon, wherein large populations have been wiped out globally. Insects have influenced many aspects of human culture, and highlighting those can curb our destructiveness towards nature and ourselves. Given the influence of human activity on nature, it is imperative to find ways to evoke empathy and a connection with nature. In the face of a biodiversity crisis, art and poetry may live longer than the species themselves. Scientists and experts give us the facts and statistics of global biodiversity and the crisis. Art and poetry tell us stories. When effectively told, such narratives can provide the incentive to appreciate what is overlooked and inspire us to seek more knowledge. All crucial steps towards saving dwindling populations of insects before we lose them. Words of moth biologist Pritha Day in an essay titled Fluttering to the Flame. The current exhibition at the Artists for Art Gallery in Scranton considers and celebrates moths, Moth Project 2023. We had a chance to speak by phone with Teresa O'Connor, who is director of the AFA Gallery, to learn more. We have the Moth Project, which is about hope, light, and of course, moths. So people were encouraged to not only submit artwork with those themes, but also be part of an interactive exhibit that's been going on since the beginning of the month. 
When you initiate something like this, you also draw viewers in. How did the launch go on First Friday? Did you have special activities on the launch day? Yes. So we started with basically a black and white installation exhibit. And we had people of all ages, children, adults, students. Everybody came in and were able to add color to the exhibit. So they could make moths out of fabric and found paper, add marker to the different parts of the installation, add paper cuttings. It's really almost like a 3D coloring book that started black and white and is coming to life as the month goes on. We heard you say light and hope, some of the things that moths can symbolize. How did you and the group decide that moths would be it? So moths have always been a symbol very personal to me. It's a project that I've done in the past at a place called the Vintage Theater that no longer exists. And it was really well received. It's a great way to bring into the community. It's about hope and light, but there's also a different side to moths that maybe people don't realize. We have a long history of silk in our area, and moths make silk. So there's all different connections that you'll find in the installation that different community members have taken metaphors from and meaning with the moth as an image. There is something started in New York. We know the Moth Storytelling Project. Did anybody mention that? (laughs) Yes, I've often hoped that we could collaborate one day. Although, you know, we don't have the same mission, but it's quite fun to think about the connections that could be brought together with that project as well. You have online some examples of the work artists have chosen to create in response to the notion of moths, and they're very different. Each one is a wonderful imaginative creation, not necessarily related to the others. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we had children come in and create moths of their own vision. We had established artists come in and create works of art with painting and collage, all sorts of mediums that were submitted as well as just coming in and making a moth in a few minutes and adding it to the exhibit as as it goes on. So it's, it's wonderful to see so many of the community members, whether or not they're artists or not, that could be part of it. And then the professional artists mm-hmm. have rendered real moth images, but there are others that are abstract, and we say, what's moth-like about that one, for example? Yeah, yeah, there's some that maybe were taken more of the theme of light, and there's others that have taken it a little more straight on and and really rendered a moth. And there's one piece in particular that's two moths. One is carrying a fire extinguisher, and one is carrying a flame, and it's called Hopefully. So, It's fun to kind of think about what the moths are thinking about in that scenario and add a little humor to the exhibit itself. So definitely they've taken different different avenues of how they interpret the theme. Have you taken on the challenge? Have you created something in response to the theme? Yeah, so I was part of the team of artists that created the original installation. So there's some of my photography there and definitely a whole bunch of fabric moths that I've added. We have baskets throughout the exhibit that if people don't want to create their own, they can take from a basket and just add moths. So we have hundreds of of moths that people can play with, add to, or, or just simply hang up in the exhibit. Are you planning then at the close of the exhibit to showcase and celebrate the completed community installation? Yes, that's the plan. So even viewers that have come to the opening will find a totally different exhibit for the closing. It's on November 25th at 6 p.m. 
So it'll be quite fun to see you know, how it's changed. And even from today, it's going to be continually changing until then. So it'll be fun to see. We were talking about storytelling. Has anyone told you an interesting story about their experience and love of moths? Not specifically moths, but what I found is a lot of people are excited to be a part of it. And I've heard a few times people say, I feel like a kid again, that I could just come in and color on the pages or create something. So they may not be a professional artist, as we have said, but they they just feel a real whimsy and and childlike feel to be able to participate in that way. It sounds like a very good way to draw people in and give them a taste of something they didn't know they could do. Yeah, I think my mission, being the newer director at, at the gallery, is really art for all as well as artist for art. So that's something that we want to continue to just uh, nurture and make sure that we're reaching the entire community. It's important for a platform for the professional artists. It's also an important platform for everybody to partake in. Now, I know that holiday time is something that many people look to AFA for. Do you have a plan for the annual auction and party? So we will not be doing the auction this year. Instead, we're doing the the moth party, which will be on the 25th as well. We have a band playing, and we are using it as a fundraiser. We're also really focusing on our retail this season. We've revamped the store inside of our gallery, and we are working on our website as well to really focus on selling artists' work that may be more affordable and attainable prints and different different pieces that could be bought at, at the retail level as well. Another thing that we look to you all for is classes. Yes, the third Tuesday of every month, we do our life drawing series. We just finished a sustainable art workshop last weekend. What would you consider sustainable art in this context? So we we already had this program, but we did a papermaking segment. So we used scraps of old papers and cardboard and newspapers to create new paper. And the artist, her name is Monica Noel. She creates really beautiful papers that can be used as canvases and other ways to create art on those canvases. We also did a collagraph class, which is using cardboard to make stamps. So it's about finding resources that you can reuse, using products that are environmentally friendly, and just taking time to think about our environment while you're creating the art and different ways to do that. And this exhibit's really bringing attention to sustainable art, so we're going to be doing more classes in those fields. And then next year, we're still in the works of what it will actually look like, but we're we're hoping to do a larger, like, six-week program on business for artists and different avenues in that way. And a very important part of being an artist is business, and it's not something that not only the general public thinks about, but artists often don't think about. So it's good to have resources in the community that they can find. So we're working on building up her classes as well. Does the gallery have a newsletter? Yes, we send out a newsletter at least once a month about all the events coming up. I would say 90% of our events are also on Facebook. We create events that way. And we often, you know, send out press releases and, and do interviews just like this to get the word out. So thank you for having us today and letting people know. Now you remind us of the website, please. Yes, the website is artists with an S for art.org. And where are you so people know physically they can come to the gallery? Yeah, we are at 101 Penn Avenue in downtown Scranton.
And so we can come and put up a moth of our own or reach into the bag and do that right up till the closing celebration. Yeah, that's right. And we're open Thursday through Sunday. Teresa O'Connor, gallery director of the Artists for Art Gallery, speaking about Moth Project 2023 that will run through November 25th. There will be a special celebration beginning at 6 p.m. That's a Saturday. And you can find the AFA Gallery at 101 Penn Avenue in downtown Scranton. And for more information, artistsforart.org. That's Moth Project 2023, and it's at the Artists for Art Gallery, 101 Penn Avenue in Scranton, Thursdays through Sundays. And the project will culminate with a special celebration on Saturday, November 25th, getting underway at 6 p.m. Artistsforart.org. 